Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet single mom Gina Gomez, found herself in an endless cycle of abuse from stepmom to boyfriends to roommates. Desperately seeking relief, nothing was off limits, even visits to a psychic medium looking for anything anyone who could help. We call this episode A Target of Abuse, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. All I remember is I knew that my parents were Catholic, and I remember just seeing a cross in my house. They would have a big cross with Jesus, and I knew that he was the son of God, but I didn't know what Jesus had done for me. And based on that, I didn't know I could have a relationship with him. I didn't know that he loved me or what was the price of the cross, what he did in that moment for me, especially since I grew up, you know, in an abusive household. Um, Both of my parents were alcoholic. My mom was a diabetic. So due to that, when I was born, um, I only had a 3% chance of living. I was born with a hernia and one kidney. Unfortunately, my mother passed away when I was four years old uh, due to her lifestyle. When my mother passed away, um, there was a downstairs neighbor that my dad would leave me when she was hospitalized at times. Mm -hmm. So she moved with us when my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening at the moment, but I do remember that my dad sat me down and was like, you know, she's going to be living with us. And she had a son with her from a previous relationship. So he moved with us as well. And he asked me that day, she's moving in with us. Did you want to call her mom? Or do you want to call her by her name? And I remember that I said, I want to call her mom. Mm -hmm. You know, when she moved in with us, things changed in my life. I was four years old when my mom died. So immediately she started asking me to help her clean the house. I thought that I was helping her, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know that it was abuse. Um, I say abuse because when I wouldn't clean the house correctly or I wouldn't um, wake up on time, she would start hitting me. Mm -hmm. Um, She would start beating me. And this led to a long abuse, but I especially remember when I started school, it was very hard for me Mm -hmm. because I was five years old. So I had to be woken up at three, four in the morning when my dad would leave to work because he had two jobs. So I had to be ready for school around seven. And she told me I could not go to school unless the house was clean. So I started that life at five years old. And I remember that if I didn't finish cleaning, I would get a beating and I would have to stay home cleaning all day. Mm -hmm. So I remember that I told myself, you have to clean the house so you can go to school because school was kind of like my freedom. When I did get a chance to go to school, I wasn't able to do my homework. You know, she would tell me you cannot bring homework into the house. And if I did, she would throw my homework away. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to really study at home or really focus in school because of the beatings and everything. 
And she never treated her son that way. It was always me. So I never knew why I was the target of that abuse. That abuse kept happening in my life. And, you know, as I got older, the beatings changed because I was able to protect myself. So the beatings would come from, she started putting my hands in the stove, mm-hmm. which now, that's why my hands are very hard. Mm-hmm. I remember that um, she would hit me with wires. She would throw my face in the wall, you know. And uh, I didn't understand, but I knew that I wasn't brave enough to speak because I was scared. So I was always threatened by her. And um, my dad never noticed because my dad had two jobs. So he would work morning and she would make sure that I was in bed by the time my dad got home. Mm -hmm. So my dad couldn't see the bruises or I couldn't talk to him or he wouldn't see. Because sometimes my face was really swollen from the crying that I had. Um, so that could happen for school. The counselors didn't even notice that I was beaten because she would make me wear long sleeves and right. cover myself up. And she would threaten me. If you say anything, you're going to come home and get a beating again. So I didn't want that. So I wouldn't speak. My dad would be home in the weekends. Mm-hmm. But I remember that she would warn me on Friday and say, you cannot speak. If you do, on Monday, you're going to get a beating. So that was my life until about the age of 15. I felt like I would have some sort of freedom, but I didn't. I say 15 because this is when I was told that I can get a job. So I tried to get a job at a retail store, and I did start working there, but um, her controlling ways just kept following me around. So if I had to bring my schedule at home from work, and she would call my job Mm. to make sure I was at work and what time I would get out. So I never really had freedom. My school grades were awful. I was never able to get good grades they were always like below below average um the teachers never said anything i was surprised that that no one ever reached out and really said anything yeah Uh, so i really had no way of escape and i didn't know why my life was like that i Mm. i always questioned like why do why am i living like this Mm -hmm. this is not life and i obviously i would see the difference with her son so out of that marriage my dad also had um two separate kids with her so none of them got treated that way it was Mm -hmm. always me so I kept going, I kept working, trying to do my best, trying to get her approval. Um, the abuse still happened. I, I remember that I graduated high school, and I thought that finally I was going to be able to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, the abuse was less when I was getting older, but mm-hmm. it was still, my, my mind was already conditioned to, right. to her being the way she was with me. Right. And I remember that in school, people would see because I, I was always the girl that couldn't dress in style or, you know, was always quiet because I, I wouldn't speak. So people knew that I was going through something. Something was going on. Anything. Right. When I graduated, I remember that I was, I tried to date. It was my first uh, boyfriend. So he knew that I was going through the abuse, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't say anything. So he would, the way we would date is that, you know, if I would go to work, he would meet me halfway and we would just see each other really quick. We had an on and off relationship for four years. Mm-hmm. And out of those four years, I had my daughter. I had a daughter. And due to me having my daughter, um, I think God used her and led away from my escape. Because when my daughter was two years old, uh, I did have a cousin that would help me watch her while I worked. Right. And this cousin started noticing that um, my stepmother would try and take control of my daughter at the age of two. Like she would tell her, oh, I will wa- I'm going to watch the do- her child. You just clean the house. Mm-hmm. So the cousin was like, hey, you know, I noticed that um, your stepmother doesn't really want me to watch your daughter and you're paying me to watch your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's right. And then she would tell me, you know, she feeds your daughter forces to feed your daughter and I don't like that there's something going on but 
don't say it's me. So then I started noticing the the pattern that right. it was coming again, the abuse, and right. I was like, this cannot be happening in my head. At that time, my stepbrother, her son, mm. was like, you need to pay more rent. You need to start paying more rent because you have a daughter. So you're using twice the water, twice the food, etc. And I was like, I can't because if I get two jobs, I won't have time with my daughter. Right. It's not fair. So that's when I felt I had to make a decision. And since I was working at a, a, a retail store, I had a co-worker that was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would tell her some of my things, and she offered me to move in with her because she needed someone to help her. So I took that opportunity, and I said, okay, this is my only way. Right. I'm going to risk it because I didn't want my daughter to go through that. And, of course, I couldn't speak. You know, I couldn't say anything for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage, but I did have the courage for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I remember that... Um, I had already planned to move out with my coworker. I started packing my stuff little by little. I didn't tell anyone. And literally, I remember that the day when I was going to move, because my coworker was going to come help me move the stuff. Right. It was a weekend, and I had never talked to God, because I blamed God for my mm. mom's death. Mm. You know, to that point, I always said there's no God. Right. I literally hated God. I always told myself. He's not real. Right. So I remember that I I was afraid to leave. So I did this prayer in the corner of the room before I left. And I said, God, I don't know who you are. Mm. I don't know if you exist. But if you do, I need you to help me. Mm. I am going to leave this house. And I don't ever want to come back to this abuse. Mm. So I need you to help me. And that's the only prayer I did. Right. And I remember that I got my stuff. My coworker took it and left. I remember that my dad asked me why I was leaving. But my stepmother told him that I was leaving because I wanted to be with the father of my daughter. Right. Which it wasn't the case. Um, so my dad just let it be. He thought that I had left in rebellion, which mm. I did not. Mm. So I move in with this co-worker. Everything seems fine from the beginning. You know, she's helping me out. We work in the same place. Everything is good. And later I started noticing little patterns. Um, she's becoming a little bit controlling, kind of the same thing as my stepmother. And right. during that time, she was, in, she was going through a divorce, so I learned that she was um, attracted to me, you know, mm. in a different way. So at that moment, of course, I didn't know anything. So that's when I started experimenting in that side, you know. So I started a relationship. So then, okay, I I had to make a choice. At that moment, I had a friend that I would talk to. So I would tell her what I was going through. And she's like, hey, move with me. Like, my parents are renting a room. Move with me. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I moved in this, this new roommate. I know her since high school, so I thought everything was going to be good. I couldn't do laundry in the house, mm-hmm. so I had to go out to a laundromat and do laundry. So in one of the times that I went to do laundry, this I didn't know she was a medium. I didn't know about that, but this medium approached me. And she was like, oh, I'm doing free readings. Can I read your hand? And I was like, sure, go ahead, read my <laughs> hand. And um, I remember that encounter because I cried because no one had ever told me that they knew about my suffering. Mm. So she described my life of all the suffering I lived when I was young. So that really moved me. Right. And I thought, oh man, like someone, finally someone knows, you know? Mm. And she said, I can help you. Like, I can help you, but um, you have to pay me. Oh, goodness. So if you want to come tonight to my studio, I'll give you your, the address and you can come. And I was like, yes, like, I'll go. <laughs> 
So she told me to bring money. She told me the amount I had to bring. And I was so excited, you know, because I wanted to be free. I wanted yeah. to know what my life was right. the way it was. You wanted answers. Um, so I remember that I went that same night. I couldn't wait. <laughs> I went that same night, mm-hmm. and um, she said that she was going to do a reading for me with the cards. So I remember I walked in the studio. Um, she started doing her readings. Everything was normal. She was. She kept confirming to me the abuse. Right. And she also um, told me that she can have me speak to my mother. My mother was dead. Oh. But I, I knew that I didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, so there was a moment when she was reading the cards. She was pulling the cards. Everything was fine. I remember that one. she pulled one card. Mm-hmm. And when she pulled this card, she just went, <gasps> oh, and yeah. then I was like, in, my, in me, I thought, oh, my gosh, she saw the card of death. Mm. You know, like, this is it. And she just stayed shocked and she was like can i ask you a question and i said yeah she's like do you know who god is Mm. and i was like i've heard of him Mm. you know she's like do you know who the god of the bible is i said no No. like no you know i I don't Mm -hmm. and then she was like well when i was Pulling the cards out, an angel appeared to me and told me that I couldn't continue reading the cards to you because, you know, God wants to speak to you. And I was like, how do you know God? It didn't make sense to me. Right, right. And she said, I know who the God of the Bible is and I know what I'm doing, but I have to do it because in my country, this is what we do and I need to feed them. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, wow. God is asking me to ask you if he can talk to you. And in my head, I was like, why is he asking me? And she was like, God is asking you because he's a gentleman. So Mm. he has to ask you permission. And then I sat there and I thought about it and I was confused. And I was like, fine. What does he have to say? So the first thing she told me, okay, he wants you to know that he loves you. And when she said that, I started crying. Right. Because I was like, that's not true. If he loved me, why is my life like this? Mm. But I guess God knew what I was thinking. So she said, God said that he wants to help you. But he can't help you because you don't allow him in your life. Mm. You don't let him in. And it's true because I hated him. Right. So I never thought about him. Oh, you thought and you did. And I didn't know how this relationship thing worked. Right. I didn't know. Right. She said, God says that he's that you have two choices right now. Either you accept him and you um, look for him or I continue reading the cards, but I can't continue to help you if you don't make a choice. You have to make a choice, either right. God or this. Before I left, she told me, oh, and the roommate you're living with, you have to be careful because she is not good. Oh, so you need to move out of there. I didn't know okay. what was going to happen, but a week later, a week or so, I think almost two, I couldn't find my credit card in my wallet. Oh. I was like, where's my credit card? Oh, no. And I checked my uh, bank balance, mm-hmm. no money, mm. gone. I was like, okay, I remember that I called to make a fraud report. I came back to the house. I told my roommate what had happened. She never said anything. She right. acted like if nothing ever happened, right. she knew about it. Later, I had to call the police to get my money back, so I had to make a report. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, she admitted that she had stolen my money. Wow. A friend from a high school, she became Christian yeah. uh, during high school, so everyone knew that she was Christian. 
and she called me and she was like hey you know i haven't spoken to you like I want to invite you to my church. Like, we have a church event. Mm-hmm. I want you to come. Mm-hmm. And she had invited me before, but I always denied it. I was Great. like, I don't want to know about God. <laughs> like, you know, this is, he's not real. Like, mm-hmm. So I remember that um, she invited me, and I said, I'll think about it, you know? But part of me didn't feel right because I was doing the witchcraft. Not just what I did, but with this new roommate, I was learning right. new things. Right. You know? So I, something in me, it was like, I cannot go to God if I have this stuff. So I remember that um, I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm going to go to church. But before I go to church, I'm going to get rid of the stuff. So the only thing that came to my head was like, I'm going to go to the nearest church and throw this away because I don't want it. Mm -hmm. I want God. So I remember that I grabbed everything and where I lived, there was like a Catholic church. Mm -hmm. So I remember that I walked in the church and it was empty and I just ran to the altar and I threw everything into the altar. And I said, God, like, I want you. I don't know what to do. But How to I get you. to you. Right. And I just left it there. And I never looked back. And I called my friend and I said, okay, I'll go to church with you. Mm. But I never came back. Mm. <laughs> you know, I didn't come back. I kept living my lifestyle. Right. Um, I didn't do the witchcraft anymore. But I just... You know, started living a very uh, promiscuous lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what love was, so right. I would confuse, you know, being intimate with someone as love. Right. I just started, you know, doing this stuff. No relationship and with God. I remember that um, I lost my job. <laughs> so things just started going downhill from there. Instead mm-hmm. of doing better, I had no money. Mm-hmm. I was like not using my money wisely. My car was messing up again. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Thank God that that same friend called me a year later. Mm. And she was like, hey, we're having a church event. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, man, I need to go. Like, I need help. (laughs) So I said, yeah, I'll go. And I remember that I went to this church event again. So I started coming back week after week after week. Um, After eight months of being in a church, I got baptized. But Mm. after my baptism, something started manifesting inside of me. The Lord revealed to me that I had a lot of forgiveness to do mm-hmm. um, due to the past that I had lived. I right. had to forgive my stepmother. Mm-hmm. And Not that so was easy. one of the hardest things that I had to do because yeah. I didn't understand. I told God why. Right. She hurt me. Right. Why do I have to ask her for forgiveness? And the Lord told me. Because you've held so much anger. Mm-hmm. It's become a stronghold. Mm-hmm. And you need to ask her for forgiveness for all the anger that you held in her, for right. her. Right. And I was like, I was scared to her. I had not talked to her ever since I left the house. And um, I just said, okay, you want me to do it, I need you to do it because I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't approach mm-hmm. this woman. So I just left it like that. And I remember that... Um, I hadn't really talked to my dad much. Um, if I would call him before his birthday or Christmas or something, right. and I remember that uh, one of those days we were going to go out. And I went to the house where he lived with my stepmother, and he told me to go inside. And I just did. I just went inside. And he's, he, I remember that um, I saw my stepmother, I saw my stepsisters, mm-hmm. and my dad is like, oh, I have to get something in the room really quick. And 
my stepmother and I were left alone in the kitchen. And she was like, oh, hey, like, I heard you're Christian now. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so it's weird how, you know, it Opportunity. came to me. And she was like, you know, I wanted to ask you for forgiveness oh, wow. for everything I did to you. I know that it was wrong. And I said, no, God told me that I had to ask you for forgiveness because mm. I hated you for so long. I had so much anger towards you, and I'm sorry for that. Wow. And I remember that we both cried, and we hugged each other, <laughs> and I received that forgiveness healing that I needed to. Yeah. I no longer saw her as an evil person, right. but as, you know, a victim. You a know, broken, she hurt person. Mm -hmm. So the Lord kept working with me, and the Lord also told me that I had to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> this was a desire that I always had mm -hmm. as a child. I always wanted to go to college. I wanted to pursue a career. But obviously, I couldn't because my grades were just awful. And due to the fact that I couldn't concentrate in school and mm -hmm. I couldn't do my homework, my grammar was just really bad. I didn't even know my punctuations, where the comma went, where the nothing went. Right. And I was like, God, how am I going to get into college? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so I remember that I just applied and I didn't get in. Mm -hmm. I didn't get in because I failed the grammar part. So I waited another year and... I went again yeah. and you know I had to ask my daughter for help because I had not studied Great. and I I knew I was gonna fail the grammar part so thankfully it was a humbling experience but I was able to get through with the help of my daughter so I got accepted into college and <laughs> uh, you know God was very graceful through that period for me like he put grace in my teachers they were very understanding and now I have my bachelor's degree mm. so I give God all the glory because he's restored that desire in me right. you know and um the Lord also told me that he was gonna bring my father back wow. <laughs> so I was like what you know he had been married to this woman for 35 years I didn't know what God was gonna do or mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. he was going to bring my dad back because I told God my child years are done Right, you know, right. like I can never get those back. But the Lord told me He needs freedom too. Yeah. So I'm going to free him, and He's gonna to come to you. Wow. Um. So I remember that um one time my dad um gave me a call and he was like, Hey, do you want to go out to eat? I was like, Sure. You know, let's go out to eat. So we went to eat, and when we sat down, we started talking, and he's like, I have a question for you, mm -hmm. but I just want you to answer me with a yes or a no mm -hmm. and I was like okay sure so he was like did this person abuse you and of course he said my stepmother's right. name so I said yes she did and I remember that I couldn't believe right. I had said yes you know right and then we just left it a lot we ate it was kind of weird but we ate and I went home and then uh two days later he calls me and he reveals to me that he had a dream, that he was asking God, you know, why doesn't Gina love me? Like, why doesn't my own daughter love me? Right, right. And in the dream, he said that Jesus appeared and told him, the Gina that you see is not the Gina who is. Hmm. And so he showed him two Ginas. So the first Gina is the one that was abused. So God showed him that I was there. Right. And my stepmother was abusing right. me. Right. And then the second Gina is the one that is, the one that does love you. Yeah. So once he got that dream, that's when he called me to ask me, you know, when we went out to eat, 
So from there, he made he was already having problems with her, mm-hmm. and I guess that God was already working in him for that for that freedom. So after that conversation, he asked me if he can move in with me, and mm. of course I was excited. So I said yes, and I knew that it was the promise of God to free him and bring him back. Right. So now I've been living with my dad for three years. Going, wow. <laughs> you know, I can never get that back, but just the moments that I have now with him and, mm-hmm. you know, he's learning about Jesus. He's seeing me. We've talked about everything I did. There's no secrets. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Lord is working and it's giving me that back, that, that relationship with my father. You right, know? right. So I'm thankful that God gave him back to me. Wow. And the last thing that the Lord decided to work in was in me. (laughs) You know, I look at it back now and I'm like, wow, the Lord had me first forgive all those people before working in me. Right. So before um, this healing, internal healing happened, I was going through a lot of battles in my church. You know, my church, I've been there for nine years now, but there was a period in my time where I didn't want to submit. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to submit to my leaders, especially not to my pastor. Mm -hmm. And the reason for my pastor me not submitting, it's crazy because, you know, a pastor is an authoritative figure. Right. So that authoritative figure was abused in my mind due to a parent being an authority figure too so my stepmother abused that figure you know so in my mindset i couldn't really get close to my pastor because i felt she was going to abuse me right you know she's going to abuse that authority just like my stepmother did yeah and i always desired for my pastor to be my mom you know the female pastor to be my mom but i couldn't it was a wrestle that i had Mm -hmm. so i decided to leave i was like i'm gonna go to another church Mm -hmm. you know Mm because i can't do it here anymore you know, and I remember that I went to start going to another church and the Lord told me that I had to go back. <laughs> you know, I did attend that church for like maybe six, seven months. Right. And um, there was a special guest and this guest spoke to me like no prophet had ever spoken to me in my life. He spoke to me from birth and he revealed to me why I've been abused all these years. <laughs> So it's a generational curse because right. my mom was abused, right. her mom was abused, my grandmother was abused, mm-hmm. my dad was abused. Mm-hmm. So it came to me, right. and it had stopped here. Amen. And if you if you see back, it wanted to continue with my daughter, right. but the Lord did not permit. Right. So I learned that the abuse was a generational curse. And the Lord, the Lord spoke to me that day and told me that from that day on, I was not going to be the same, that I was going to love myself, mm. that I was going to forgive myself mm-hmm. and that I would see myself the way Jesus sees me, yeah. which I had no idea what that was. Right. And I remember that I got a deliverance that day, but I promise you the next day when I woke up <laughs> and I remember the day cause I put my feet in the ground and it's like. I was sta- standing in a new realm. Like, I was not me, the mm. old Gina. Mm-hmm. I was the new me. I saw myself in the mirror, and I right. was like, wow, I am beautiful. Aww. Like, I am loved, yeah. you know? Yeah. I am able. I saw myself with this new identity. Right. So the Lord sent me back to my church, and um, I was able to speak to my pastor and tell her why I was the way I was. Mm. The Lord had planted me in that church, mm. the church where I left. Right. And that in order for me to keep walking and receive the blessings that the Lord has for me, I had to keep growing where he planted me. 
you know, he's like, so you're going to, you're going to go back, go back. And you're going to submit to that authority. Right. And when you submit the authority of God, you will see that the door, the doors will open for you. Wow. And I remember that I had conviction for the first time. I was like, okay, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I am wrong. Mm-hmm. That conviction, I, I wrestled a couple in my thoughts, but I was like, no, I know right. that I have to submit. I have to let go of this fear because the Lord was also looking, was mostly looking out for me. Right. There's a fear I had yeah. that I had never told my pastor spoken. That is the authority figure mm. that caused me to run away. So by me going back, I pretty much faced that fear that I had right. of thinking that anyone with authority was going to abuse it. Now that I have, I have a wonderful relationship with my pastor, <laughs> and you know she's the mother figure that I didn't that have. That you craved. And I thank God because I can see how the enemy did not want me to see her as a mother. Right. Because I would, I, I, I now I feel complete. Mm-hmm. I have my dad, I have my pastor, which is my spiritual mom, but she's mm-hmm. also I call her my mom, mm-hmm. and I feel complete. You know, and well. I thank the Lord because if that wouldn't have happened. You know, we wouldn't have gone anywhere. And thanks to that, I'm able to love myself, too. I forgave myself for everything that I did to myself during mm-hmm. those years. Mm-hmm. You know, all the the abuse that I let in me. You know, right. all those negative thoughts that I had of right. me. You know, I didn't know that I had an identity in Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So once the Lord freed me from that mentality, because it was attacks of the enemy in my mind for all these years, you know, I only received rejection, abuse. Mm-hmm. So the Lord freed me from that. And mm-hmm. since that day, I love myself. And now that I love myself, I can love others. Amen. Because when I didn't love myself, I was so bitter. Even right. though I was in the gospel right. and walking with God, yep. I was still bitter. I couldn't understand why some people were happy. looked so happy, but I wasn't. Of right. course, God was still working in me there was happy moments in my life but there was something in me that was not happy and that's because I didn't love myself right and I couldn't love others and now that I'm able to love myself my vision has changed my heart has changed it has opened to love people how Jesus loves people so I thank the Lord for that and you know the Lord redeemed me he redeemed me yes he did yes Everything that the enemy tried to take away, the Lord has brought it back, has restored it, and it's giving me, and it's going to give me more. So, you know, I praise Jesus for that. Amen. Amen. Gina, before we let you go, you know, for, I, I just would love to hear final words of wisdom for any listeners who are, they can relate to your story. They understand the the rejection, the hurt, the the abuse, the pain. And also the distrust of not just the the abusers, but of God himself. What kind of word, what words of wisdom would you leave with our listening audience today? I know that it's hard to look at Jesus as a savior at this moment. I know that you might be angry like I once was, or feel like you're unloved, unwanted, or you're questioning your life, like, why is your life like this? But... The only answer is Jesus. The only way is Jesus. That's why he died for us. Yeah. So that we have, we can have life. So that we can have joy. So we can have peace. So we can have redemption through him. Mm. And it's going to take, it might take a while. It might take, but if you call on Jesus, 
mm. even if it's a simple prayer <laughs> he will meet you where you are yeah. he will come to you because jesus came to me yeah you know i didn't go to him right. i didn't want to go to him right but just that one simple prayer and he found me <laughs> so i encourage you guys not to lose hope and to look to jesus he mm. is your friend he's your father He's your Redeemer, and He is love. He loves you. Amen. Guys, this has been so powerful. God wants to set us free. You know, this is from, um, I did the workshop this weekend, Beloved, in, in L.A., and thank you to the women for having me out as your guest speaker. But it is just so amazing is that once we can step into our, our identity in Christ, we become immovable. But until then, we are tossed like the wave of the sea. And uh, that's what Gina's sharing, you know, is until then she was searching, but searching in all the wrong places and latching on to everything except for who she really is in Christ. So Gina, thank you for sharing. Guys, there has to be something that you can take away, you know, and, and as I always say, the hand of God is always at work, even in the most darkest of dark. You know, as Gina shared, and thank you, Gina, for being so open about it, you know, going to the medium and having her try to reach her cards and all of that stuff, even in that, God appears. So we need to always be on the lookout for God because he is always roaming the earth looking for us. I shared with the women that we are in this perpetual hide-and-seek game with God. We do something that we think is so terrible and so disappointing that we, like Adam and Adam and Eve, we run and hide. But God is always seeking us out. I beg all of us, allow yourself to be found by God. That's when you have been truly found. Gina, thank you. Guys, I love you. Thanks for joining me again this week. Until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out. <laughs>